ومن أحسن قولا ممن دعا إلى الله وعمل صالحا وقال إنني من المسلمين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله بالعالمين Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulihi Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een Welcome to another segment of Ya Ayyuhalladheena Amanu where we cover all the ayat or majority of the ayat that begin with Ya Ayyuhalladheena Amanu Inshallah today I want to take Surah Al-Ma'idah ayah number 6 Inshallah this is a, an ayah that also begins with Ya Ayyuhalladheena Amanu Now before I get to this ayah I want to tell you in a nutshell that this ayah is about Tahara It's about Tahara, it's about Wudu, it's about Tayammum and this this purification or this cleansing process that a Muslim goes through before they devote themselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we talk about salat, we talk about tahara, but if you look at overall, that the question may be is that what does this have to do with the entire surah? Because this ayah comes after the ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about that which food has he made halal for consumption purposes and which food he has made haram for, cons for consumption. At the same time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also talks about that which women that which women are we allowed to marry and which women should we stay away from and so after all this then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he talks about wudu he talks about salat he talks about tayammum why because once again this uh, the surah begins with ya ayyuhalladheena amanu awfu bil uqud oh muslims fulfill your commitments and of course without any doubt salat is a major commitment that we have that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed on our shoulders and at the same time you know, keeping in mind that this surah was one of the last surahs to be revealed. So one thing that you'll see very common in the surah is that over and over again Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings up injunctions, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings up very important information and He addresses us for us to remember, the Muslims to remember that this is one of the last surahs to be revealed so therefore keep in mind what I'm trying to tell you and what I'm trying to remind you because all of these are commitments that you have made to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as being a Muslim. So this ayah once again, let's get into this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, he talks about wudu. Now before getting to this whole subject about wudu and the tafsir of this ayah, you know, one thing that we need to first of all understand is that this ayah begins with Ya yuhalladheena amanu idha qumtum ila salat Oh believers, oh people who believe when you stand up for salat when you stand up for salat faqsilu wujuhakum wash your face and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the process of wudu now what's interesting to note is that um, initially the rule was that whether you are in a state of impurity or purity you have to make wudu for every single salat so nowadays we have this rule that if you are in the state of impurity, you require wudu, then you will make wudu. But if you don't require wudu, then you don't have to make wudu. You can pray multiple prayers with one wudu. That was not the case in the early days. In fact, we find the Prophet ﷺ, he would make wudu for every single salat. However, it is mentioned in the hadith that on the day of fat, on the day of victory, the Prophet ﷺ was seen by some of the Sahaba عنهم, that he was performing one wudu and with that one wudu he was performing five prayers. 
And Umar ibn Khattab he approached the Prophet and he says, Ya Rasulullah, we have seen something that we have never ever seen before. And that is when the Prophet he says, Amadan fa'altuhu ya Umar. That this is something that I have done intentionally, O Umar. Meaning that the fuqaha, they mentioned that it was from this point pretty much onward that the Prophet is sending this very strong message that now you only have to make wudu in the state of impurity. So if there is no impurity, then you don't have to make wudu. We also find from even Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu an, this is uh, Jarid ibn Abdullah narrating from Fadl ibn, uh, ibn al-Mubashir who narrates from Jarid ibn Abdullah that he would also make wudu and then later on someone saw him that he made wudu uh, i mean he, he he answered the call of nature after that he did uh, perform wudu he made masah on his khuf and then someone asked him because then he was praying multiple prayers with one wudu so someone asked him that is this something that you're doing this is your own personal opinion he said no this is something that i have learned from rasulullah so what we learn from this is in a nutshell that in the initial rule was you had to make wudu for every single salat. Uh, regardless, later on that rule was abrogated and it was replaced with the rule that we have currently in place that you can pray multiple prayers with the same wudu. And subhanAllah, what's so amazing about this ayah is that if you fast forward to the very end of this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ لِيَجْعَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ حَرَجٍ Allah wants to remove difficulty from our life. Allah wants to make things easy for our life. And can you just possibly imagine like how much our life would become more difficult if we had to make wudu every single salat? I mean, think about like a lot of times when we go for hajj, when we go for umrah, we're praying multiple prayers with one wudu. Do you, can you just imagine that if we had to make wudu for every single salat regardless? This is why subhanAllah our deen is such a beautiful deen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has in multiple places he has said that we're trying to make things easy for you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to make things easy for us. He wants to explain things very clearly to us. So this is something that we learn from the beginning days of Islam. Now, the next thing that also, you know, I like to discuss is and remind everyone about the virtues of wudu. What are the things that we get from wudu? Because once again, we're human beings. And we love, uh, you know, we are driven by incentives. So the question is that what do I get when I perform wudu? So first of all, there's a hadith narrated by uh, Abu Hurairah and this is found in Muslim where the Prophet وسلم, he mentions, in a, and I'm going to try to summarize this hadith, about when a person he washes his face, then the sins committed by his face. Whether it's, once again, we're talking about the face, so the eyes come into the face, the, the mouth comes into the face, so the sins that are committed by the face, they are washed away. When we wash our hands, as the, as, as the water uh, flows off of our body limbs, then the sins are also wiped away. When we wash our feet, the, the sins are, are wiped away. And subhanAllah, you know, this is such a, a big blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What a great favor it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, I do want to remind myself and all of our viewers that the ulama have said that these sins that are being washed away, whether it's through salat, whether it's through adhkar, whether it's through wudu and so forth, 
but these are not the major sins. Uh, these are not the major sins. Rather, they are the minor sins that are being forgiven. For the major sins, a, a sincere toba and a sincere repentance is required for uh, to removing them. And we also find another hadith narrated by Abu Malik al an, where the Prophet وسلم, he says, "At-tuhuru shatul iman, mizan." A very well-known hadith that many of us have heard that purity is the half of faith. And I do want to go through this hadith because it's a very beautiful hadith. He says, "Alayhi salam, mizan." That the that alhamdulillah it fills the mizan, it fills the scale of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Wa Subhanallahi wa alhamdulillahi wa Subhanallah wal akbar tamla'u ma bina samai wal arab. That the Subhanallah and these tasbihat they fill up everything between the skies and the earth. So Subhanallah, you know something that we take so you know we take so lightly when we say Subhanallah. Sometimes you know after salat we just say Subhanallah, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. You know, but rather think about that. Every single Subhanallah, it's so much reward that it fills up the the gap between the skies and the earth. Subhanallah. I mean, think about how heavy each Subhanallah, each Alhamdulillah, each Allahu Akbar is. Today we have taken them very lightly, but this Hadith is telling us how magnificent they are. Then Wasomujunnatun, the Prophet says that fasting is a shield. Wasabarudiyaun, that patience in observing patience is a light, meaning that. Just like a light removes darkness, likewise when you are patient, inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring and that darkness or that problem inshallah Allah will help uh, overcome that very soon. وَصَدَقَةُ بُرْحَانٌ And sadaqa in charity is evidence of your faith in the hereafter especially. وَالْقُرْآنُ حُجَّةٌ لَكَ أَوْ عَلَيْكَ The Qur'an is a proof for you or against you. For those who follow the Qur'an, the teaching of the Qur'an, the Qur'an will stand for them. It will support them on the day of judgment. But for those who turn their back to the teachings of the Qur'an, the Qur'an will be against them. The Qur'an will argue uh, against them in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. كُلُّ النَّاسِ يَغْدُوا فَبَايُوا نَفْسَ فَمُعْتِقُهَا أَوْ مُبِقُهَا Every person goes out in the morning and they end up either selling um, himself or either they free their souls or they destroy it. So this is a beautiful hadith Prophet once again I shared this because in the very beginning أَطُّهُورُ شَطُرُ iman. There's another hadith also narrated by Abu Hurairah where the Prophet he actually talked about that how will he recognize how will he recognize his followers on the day of judgment and the Prophet he mentioned that have you seen horses that have a streak of whiteness on them? And they said, yes, Ya Rasulullah, how can we not miss those kind of horses that have white marks on them? Like out of all the horses, a, a dark horse, but it has white marks on it. Of course, we're going to recognize that um, that horse from out of the entire, you know, herd uh, or entire, you know, uh, uh, entire herd of um, horses. The Prophet said, likewise, on the day of judgment, my followers, because they make wudu, uh, he says that their limbs will be glowing on the day of judgment. Their limbs are going to be glowing on the day of judgment. And when I see them, and when their limbs are glowing on the day of judgment, I will immediately recognize that these are my followers. And so this is why subhanAllah, you know, I remember my teacher, he used to always say that, you know, subhanAllah, be very thorough with your wudu. Do not try to be very quick in your wudu. Try to make sure that you are taking care of your wudu uh, very, very well. We also find a hadith in, uh, in another hadith in Abu Hurairah where the Prophet says, تَبْلُغُ الْحِلْيَةُ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِ حيث يبلغ الوضوء 
The radiance of a believer reaches the areas that the water of his wudu reaches, meaning that the radiance of iman, it reaches to those places. And not only that, when a, when a person makes wudu the correct way, in the way that it has been prescribed by Rasulullah and they take their wudu very seriously, then this is a means of radiance uh, for them on the hereafter. Now, the next thing is that before we actually get into this ayah, I do also want to mention that when it comes to tahara, or when it comes to hadath, hadath means an impurity. There's two types of hadith. One is hadith akbar, or one is hadith asghar. Hadith akbar to remove it. For example, a person, um, you know, for uh, if a person was engaged in, in intercourse, or for example, um, there has been a discharge of semen, uh, or a person has experienced a wet dream, for example, or a woman has just come has completed uh, her her menses. In that kind of situation, of course. Um, or a woman has completed her postnatal bleeding. In those cases, um, they require a ghusl because that is a state of janaba. That's a hadith akbar. That means that they require a ghusl in order to um, be in a state of purification. In the case that there's another one, which is hadith azgar, the minor impurity, which means that a person has broken their wudu. They went to the restroom, they passed gas, something has happened of that type, and they broke their wudu, then they require wudu only to uh, perform their salat or to touch the Quran and so forth. So that's why there's the major impurity and the minor impurity. Once again, major impurity can be removed through ghusl and by taking a bath, and the minor impurity will be removed by wudu. Now, in both cases, in both cases, if a person does not have water for wudu or for ghusl, then the substitute is only one, and that is tayammum. Now, the reason I say that is because a lot of people are under this assumption that, well, you know, usually is ghusl, and then there comes wudu, and then there comes tayammum. A tayammum is a substitute for wudu. So, I mean, is tayammum also a substitute for ghusl? And the answer is yes. And we will see this in this ayah, but I want to uh, just clarify that first. So, let's get straight into this uh, ayah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya amanu, idha qumtum ila salati Oh, you people who believe when you stand up for salat, then wash your faces. Now, a lot of the ulama they say that this is an indication, by the way, when Allah says, when you stand up. Now, when you stand up, you just don't haphazardly stand up. You just don't stand up and you're going for salat. You just don't do that without any cause, without any, you know, without, you know, you, you do this with a certain intention in mind. You just don't do this. Um, you know, with, without any kind of purpose. You know exactly, in, internally you know that you're about to perform your salat. So many of the ulama, they say that this is in reference to the niyyah. And hence, you have like scholars such as Imam Shafi'i, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal, all three say that niyyah is required before you make wudu. However, because in this ayah, niyyah is not explicitly mentioned, this is why Imam Hanifa is of the opinion that a niyyah is not journey a fard before the wudu. It is considered as a sunnah, but not necessarily a fard. So Allah subhanahu and once again, we find in other ahadith, uh, such as la wudu that there is no wudu for the person who does not mention Allah's name on it, meaning that a person is required. So I mean, you think about how great this hadith is or how strong I would say 
this hadith is the Prophet ﷺ, La wudu'a, there is no wudu if you don't take the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But majority of the ulama they say that this is not a uh, necessarily a, uh, a mandatory thing, rather, this is a highly recommended thing because we also find in other hadith that the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned that you should say Bismillah before you start anything good. So, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَغْسِلُوا وُجُوهَكُمْ That wash your face. What is the definition of face? Something that's, that the face starts from the hairline and it goes all the way to the bottom of the chin and from one ear to the next ear. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَأَيْدِيَكُمْ إِلَى الْمَرَافِقِ And wash your hands till your, till your elbows. Now, some people have even discussed and have debated that does ila mean till? When, because when you say till, it means that the elbows are not included. Till your elbows, meaning that wash your hands from here all the way till your, till your elbows. So it's not included. So it's mentioned that the, you know, the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned this is because it's, say, it's saying that you might be under the assumption when he says that wash your hands, you're probably going to wash your hands all the way to your shoulders. But no, wash it till your elbow. So the elbows are included. This is what we have learned from uh, from the wudu of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Wamsahu biruusikum. Then after that, you do masah over um, your head. Now masah uh, means wiping. Wamsahu biruusikum. And you know there is a lot of you know ikhtilaf about this matter without getting into all the dalail. Because I want to try to keep this as short as I can. Um, Imam Muhanif is of the opinion that a quarter uh, of the head is required. Imam Shafi is of the opinion that. Uh, and this is one of his opinions that there are just three strands of hair that are wet is sufficient and Imam Malik and Imam Ahmad are of the opinion that a majority of the head or in some cases the entire head uh, should be covered. So this is you know a, just a, a basic ikhtilaf about وَمْسَحُوا بِرُؤُسِكُمْ You know do masa on your head and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَأَرْجُلَكُمْ إِلَى الْكَعْبَيْنِ Now a lot of times people misunderstand because if you look at the translation just very strictly if you look at the translation it says Wash your face, wash your arms uh, till your elbows. Do masa on your do masa on your head, and and then it says wa'arjulakum. The literal translation is and your feet. But what people main time they skip is that if you look pay if you pay close attention to the haraka, the vowels. If Allah meant to say that to wipe your feet, Allah would have said wa'arjulikum. As if it is a continuation of wamsahud, wiping. But that's not what Allah said. Allah said wa'arjula. Allah used a fatha because this is a continuation of the word fawsilu, that wash. So therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that in other words, wash your, wash your face, wash your hands, uh, do masa and wash your feet. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. Now, once again, Imam Hanifa, as I said earlier, that uh, the niyyah is not required according to Imam Hanifa, and in fact, Imam Hanifa is of the opinion that because these are the only four things that are mentioned explicitly in the Quran when it comes to the subject of wudu, these are the only four things that are fard in wudu. The rest of the things that we find, which is like the niyyah, the bismillah, sitting at a, at a place, an elevated position, sitting in a place of tahara, sitting in a clean place and making wudu, sitting in a place where it does not splash so much, you know, make, you know, uh, gargling your mouth, putting water into your nostrils making sure that you you do everything three times. All of these are considered as sunnas according to the fiqh of Imam Hanifa. Of course, the other scholars, they have some different opinions about this matter. For example, some of the ulama are of the opinion that continuity is also fard, meaning that you cannot make, you cannot wash 
you know, some limbs, go take a break, then come back and wash some limbs. You no know, continuity is extremely important. So inshallah, what we'll do is that we'll go in and stop right here, inshallah. Um, and in our next segment, inshallah, then we will go into the next part, which is in kuntum junuban fatahharu. That if you are in the state of Janaba, then what do you do, inshallah? There, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talk about tayammum, and there are some other stories I do want to share with you uh, regarding uh, the subject of tayammum, inshallah, and some other injunctions regarding tayammum, inshallah, I'll talk about in our next segment. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from amongst those who are the true believers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those who perform wudu correctly and they perform salat correctly only and only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amin rabbil alameen. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. إِنَّ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَالْمُسْلِمَاتِ وَالْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ وَالْقَانِتِينَ وَالْقَانِتَاتِ وَالصَّادِقِينَ وَالصَّادِقَاتِ وَالصَّابِرِينَ وَالصَّابِرَاتِ وَالْخَاشِعِينَ وَالْخَاشِعَاتِ والخاشعين والخاشعات والمتصدقين والمتصدقات والصائمين والصائمات والحافظين فروجهم والحافظات والذاكرين الله كثيرا والذاكرات أعد الله لهم مغفرة وأجرا عظيما